how can you edit my awesomeness? Okay, so now we're recording. Um, that's going to be a little clip that we get to cut out in the beginning. What's up, everybody? This is the uh, first ever edition of the Phoenix Podcast on Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu's birth, uh, fourth birthday. It is, uh, yeah, February 1st, four years ago, was our very first class ever. And you were there. I was. I was, I was proud to be there. It was a very good day for everybody. We had like, what, six regular students and like three guys just dropping in to check it out. Let me see. I think I can count. <laughs> I, I posted it on Facebook. Uh, they have like the small group of OGs that were with us on that day. <laughs> I, uh, I I distinctly remember having to beg a bunch of my friends to show up so that like the picture looked like we had enough people to make a class. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> But I mean, like if you look at the picture, um, almost all of the same Facebook. people are still there. Yeah, yeah, most of the same people. Like obviously, their belts have changed colors, but yeah, all of them are still there and they're still running, which is pretty awesome. We're missing a couple of them eh. for good reason. And there was a couple of them that we kind of <laughs> wanted to miss. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. But, so happy birthday to Phoenix. Yep, happy birthday, Phoenix Jiu Jitsu. Uh, since then we have expanded the mats. Like we've really grown a awesome little culture, you know, down in the white basement. <laughs> so, <laughs> so very different than the blue basement. Yes. Yes. Extremely different than the blue basement, but you know, like chaps, when no. you don't have, you know, Enzo Gracie to build some killers and excellent instructors such as, you know, Donaher and Silver Fox and Ricardo and, all those guys, like it gets a little rough. Well, we do our best. I mean, I'm certainly no Donaher, but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we just copy his man. moves a whole lot, yeah. so that works out. There's only one of him. Thank God he finally decided to release a DVD series and like give some of the Jedi mind tricks to the other uh, instructors. Let's go back to this, the white basement. We, I don't think we've ever called it that. We haven't. I just literally kind of thought of that off my head. I like that. I'm, I'm definitely going to start... Uh, like tagging it, the white basement. Awesome. We're gonna have to get new mats. We're gonna have to or paint the mats white. Oh man. So it'd be like the white basement. I don't know about that, dude. Every like white mat, whether it's been like the zebra mats or like that weird cover people stretch over top of wrestling mats, like that weird vinyl tarp stuff, it just turns yellow and then it joking. gets brown. <laughs> I was totally <laughs> joking. Terrible idea. The white basement. That yeah. is pretty cool though. That's what we're gonna start calling. Yeah. Hashtag oh. white basement. Hashtag white basement. So, so, um, yeah, a lot of those same people are still here. It's yeah. pretty interesting. Let's, pretty awesome. uh, let's think about it. And we've like added a lot more new regulars. You know, when we first opened, like jujitsu in Hickory is a very foreign thing. Nobody really cares about jujitsu in this little town. That's true. So, it's like think? my man Brad says, uh, Brad said that. Uh, I'll do my best bread impression. Bammer. Hickory is the armpit of jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I was there when he said that. I mean, that's pretty accurate, right? Yeah. Like, that's a pretty good uh, yeah. pretty good impression of bread. I mean, that was it, man. But, like, look at how many jiu-jitsu academies that have gone down. What? My volume messing up? No, I'm saying you better get close to the mic. Oh, okay, gotcha. But look how many like jujitsu academies have tried and failed. Now look at how many martial arts academies added a jujitsu program, but they weren't really, you know, that great or that known, and they rarely ever compete. You know, well, I think I, we were the first to have like a actual 
competition jujitsu in Hickory. Yeah, well, I don't want to, uh, you know, bash on other people's stuff. I mean, of course, uh, you got Roger Carroll's place. Uh, you know, they were pretty well known for like MMA and yeah. competition. So, oh, uh, yeah, that's true. But more, more that. MMA than 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 just grappling. Like just grappling for yeah. sure. Uh, who else? Uh, Atlantic, which we left from, and they. Mm-hmm. I don't know that any of them compete, uh, but they do. As I as I understand it, they do some MMA. Yeah. Um, Josh Page's place, they do. Uh, I don't I don't think they compete very much, do they? No, I know that they compete heavily in karate. That's why I was talking yeah. about like other yeah. martial arts gyms will add jujitsu to it. For sure. And I wasn't saying anything along the lines of, you know, like oh well, there's just been bad jujitsu around here. It's just that like here. You know, there's not a big jujitsu or martial arts culture right around yeah. here. You know, so I mean, you can have the best instructor in the world, but if nobody gives a shit about what you're doing, That's you're exactly not going to pay the bills. You yeah. know what I mean? For but sure. no, like Roger Carroll, I mean, that dude's competed everywhere, <laughs> done everything. You know? <laughs> yeah. He recently had a match with uh, I can't remember his opponent's name, but it was an MMA fight in the gi. You know, oh, like, that hasn't that been was, done. Uh, Chase in a Gamble, while. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. From Jimmo's place. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and no doubt, nobody can, uh, n- nobody can ever say that Roger don't put it on the line. That guy, no. he, he goes all out. <laughs> no, if <laughs> there's sure. money on the line, you're gonna see Roger Carroll walking yeah. through the door. For sure. uh, but <laughs> and yeah. more often than not, he's going home with that prize. For sure. Yeah, um, yeah so I, it is kind of hard. It's challenging being uh, MMA, or I'm sorry, uh, Jiu-Jitsu gym in Hickory, North Carolina. Because first you have to explain to people what jujitsu is and why they should care. Then you have to get them to like actually pronounce it right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I <clears throat> there was um it's, it's funny. So this this lady now, but uh, we we went to like elementary school together. We went to, all through junior high and high school together. And uh, you know, by now she's married and got kids and whatnot. So she uh, hit me up. She was like, "Hey, I want to um I want to get." My family into uh, martial arts so that we can protect ourselves and she I think she's a runner and she was worried about somebody accosting her at night and that sort of thing and I was like yeah come on in we'll, we'll do a free class you know so they come in do the class and after class when I when I go to say you know hey how do you like it or whatever she's like uh I don't I don't get it and I'm like uh <laughs> what what don't you get you know like what what do you mean she's like well where's the where's the punching and kicking like you don't do you ever do that and i'm like yeah yeah, do that but you know most uh, the, the straight general strategy of jujitsu is to drag someone to the ground and choke the life out of them she's like uh yeah i don't i don't get it <laughs> i'm like okay so i explain it to her and then again she doesn't get it and i'm like oh okay well i guess i guess uh off to the <laughs> cardio kickboxing for you you know yeah and uh she literally never came back i did a poor job of explaining myself i guess and like sometimes that's it man like um a lot of times up here whenever i'm like talking to a new client and things like that so like once you become a personal trainer you kind of get this like dialect you know what i mean like okay whenever they come in this is the script we're going to follow these are the key bullet points and all that stuff but sometimes you get people to where like they don't understand it the way you explain it and you're like 
okay, something's getting lost in transition, but I don't know how to pull this thing back on the tracks. (laughs) So uh, thank you for your time. (laughs) And I hope you find a gym that does a better job explaining it than I did. Yeah, I I often feel that way when I have to, you know, most people that want to try jujitsu have some idea of, of what we, what we do. They, they've heard of Hoist Gracie. They, they've watched a UFC or two. They, you know, they, they have some understanding that you can explain. You can, you have like a starting point. You're like, oh, okay, well, uh, it's like wrestling, but with chokes and the rules are different. Well, if they don't know what wrestling is, like, you know, it doesn't relate. You're not like, uh, it's like trying to describe something when someone doesn't speak English. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the things, too, speaking of like the first UFC and stuff like that, is I've actually had some people come in that I talked to and they basically thought jujitsu was synonymous with cage fighting. Yeah. Like they didn't know that, oh, okay, there's mixed martial arts yeah. in this, hence MMA. But like they just, you know, they saw the first ones or they like see UFC at the bar and they think jujitsu is Muay Thai, jujitsu, judo, samba. Like they yeah. think everything yeah. is in that one title. You got to break down for them. They're like, no, no, no. There's a lot of different martial arts at play when you go into a cage fight. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of a double-edged sword. Like when you when you get someone uh, that knows what mixed martial arts is, or as they often call it, UFC, yeah. uh, you kind of have to pull that stuff. Uh, you have to kind of explain to them how to separate the martial arts so that we are learning, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or submission grappling. And then, hey, you know, striking is... Tuesday and Thursday from six to seven, please don't punch somebody in the face when you're <laughs> yeah. a stupid white belt. They're learning guard breaks or whatever, mm-hmm. which I mean, you know, there are like lots of levels or uh, yeah, there's definitely a place for that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's not in the fundamentalist beginner class uh, with no gloves on. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like me and uh, Lil D were doing some guard passing drills, and he like just legitimately punched me in the jaw, and my guard opened right up. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, so you can't say it isn't effective. No, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like it probably is an effective technique. But yeah. how, many, how many times are you going to get to practice it? That's sort of true. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I was done after the first one. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like you know, even though we kind of had like the little unknown. You know, not only the unknown martial art, but brand new gym. So it was kind of yeah. unknown. We had to get the snowball effect rolling as far as getting new clients in, things along that line. Well, it's, it's taken a while, but I think um, I think a huge part of what makes us successful not not to turn this into the you know how awesome Phoenix is, but like well, well I mean it's our podcast. Well, that's true. But I mean, I, I believe a huge part of what success we've had, however much that is is that our the culture that we have is uh pretty conducive to uh like excelling not just at brazilian jiu-jitsu but like also as like a human you know we we sort of uh, how do i say it it's not um it's not a show it's not fake you know it's um authentic i guess you know like the people here actually care about each other and and the instructors care about the students and uh Hmm. you know like i i explain to people on any given night like 
all of my best friends are standing on that mat. Like all of them. I don't even hang out with anybody that's not like standing on the mat. At oh, I completely understand. Seven o'clock on Monday, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've got very few friends that don't train jujitsu. I mean, my wedding was a perfect thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, that was pretty awesome too. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, at my wedding, so we did this group picture at the end of just the jujitsu people, like you know, all dressed up for a wedding, but with their belts on, and we probably had fifteen people in just that picture. You know, yeah, like but four of my groomsmen. Or jujitsu practitioners. So let's let's also explain to people that like don't know about your wedding, or the, or the people that weren't there. And let's be honest, basically the only people who are going to listen to this first podcast were the people that were at your wedding. <laughs> but so yeah. for those people that weren't there, uh, my instructor uh, TC Richardson was the uh, uh, the minister or the officiant, yeah, the officiant. at the wedding. Yeah, <laughs> um, who's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Master Henzo Gracie. And then uh, uh, who was the best man? Oh, Brian. Brian was the best man. He sucks. He doesn't do jujitsu, but uh, <laughs> so Billy was a groomsman. Yep. Uh, Billy Banks was a blue belt in jujitsu. I was a groomsman. I think I was purple belt at the time. Um, Jerry. Jerry Shink, RIP Jerry. R. I. P. Jerry. Uh, you'll you'll hear that, that th- throughout this podcast. You'll hear us uh, insert RIP so so and so. And what that means is they quit. They quit jujitsu, so they're basically dead to us. Yes, it doesn't mean they actually died. I messed up and uh, tagged <laughs> Billy in a Facebook memory a couple weeks ago. And uh, I think it was like I was still a blue belt, and he got like his first stripe on his white belt or something. <laughs> and I put RIP Billy. And I got like six people messaging me like, oh, my God, what happened to Billy? And I'm like, look at the post. Like he laugh emojied it. <laughs> he's, he's alive and doing well. He's just dead to us because he doesn't do jujitsu anymore. Yeah. And, and which to his credit, he showed up for a couple classes. Yeah, welcome back, then. Billy. Yeah, welcome Resurrection. Back, Billy. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes of death. <laughs> no, that, so uh, when we say RIP, we, we mean like, hey, that person quit jujitsu. And, and we welcome them back because we love them and miss them. Just. Life gets in the way sometimes. Good, man. Uh, Jerry has a, a newborn kid. And uh, I found basically oh, the easiest way to uh, never see someone again is to give them a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And then immediately after, they find a girlfriend. Yes. we. Uh, I can count. There's a lot of those. Dude, we've had some white belts. that like, I mean, like, we're the other woman. Yeah. Like, when they got a girlfriend, they're nowhere around. Whenever yeah. they're single, they're in here for every class. For sure. For sure. <laughs> well, you know, I understand because jujitsu can be pretty taxing on relationships, especially when you're obsessed over it and you you do jujitsu every time you get a chance. And right. your significant other probably doesn't. Yeah. So in now, my case, like your significant other just does not like jujitsu whatsoever. <laughs> that is true. Is this the way? Is this the way you want this first podcast to go? <laughs> I don't care. Like she wouldn't deny it. And moving but, yeah. on, Daniel. <laughs> I apologize. This is my first and my last podcast <laughs> with the Phoenix <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu podcast. But no, like, like I understand completely. Like one of the big things with me and my wife Sarah is that like she doesn't she understands jujitsu. You know, she's been to uh, tournaments and stuff, and like watch me win and watch me get completely dismantled. Oh, can I interrupt? Oh, okay. It's like one of my well first. You know, I'm going to do that a lot. One of my one of my favorite sound bites ever is I'm I'm coaching Daniel at a new breed tournament against the John Paul mask. Yeah, I, I think that's what it was. Yep. And uh, Sarah is sitting right beside me, and she goes, "Daniel," 
because she has like a really, really country accent. She goes, oh my God, his leg is right there. <laughs> I laugh every time I see that video. <laughs> oh my God, Daniel. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. But anyways, um, so yeah, like I was doing jujitsu before me and her got together. And whenever me and her got together, she kind of understood, you know, like jujitsu is a huge part of not only what I do, but really who I am. You know, like our friends are in there. Um, it's something that I fell in love with that I try to do fairly often. But the big thing with her is she hasn't done it enough to understand the ins and outs of it. So to her, it's like, you know, she'll come in here and work out. And then she's, oh, are you coming home or are you staying for jujitsu? I'm like, well, I'm going to stay for jujitsu. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I also it should be you, noted but... that Sarah is how many months pregnant right now? Uh, we're currently eight. Eight months, eight like months pregnant, thirty-three weeks or something. Yes, I mean we're gonna have a little one on the, or we're gonna have a little one here shortly. Well, so congratulations to that. I don't say that often enough, but uh, thank you. So uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. We'll never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> You'll definitely see me again. One of the uh, perks to not having a real job is that I hang out <laughs> upstairs at the gym all day. So true. Yeah, I need to work on that. Not having a real job. I'm getting, I'm getting close. Yeah, man. Well, technically, if you want to be honest, I haven't had a real job in like three years, maybe. Yeah, three years or so. Yeah. yeah. And for me, like, I just decided I never want a real job after, you know, working for 10 plus years in various warehouses slash machine shops and stuff like that. So, yeah, I decided, yeah, I'm done having a boss. I'm done showing up when I don't want to be places. And I was like, hey, how can I get paid for the skills I already have? <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working towards that. You are my hero in that aspect. Ah, thank you. It's it's a long struggle, man. And that's one thing people don't understand is with personal training. So to the viewers who are listening to this who don't understand what I do, I'm a full-time Did personal you hear trainer. what you just said to the viewers that are listening to this? <laughs> As you can tell, I'm not used to speaking into a microphone either. <laughs> to the listeners that are listening to this, I'm a full-time personal trainer at Original Workout. And that's the gym um, basically that houses Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu. Phoenix is in the basement and the training facility is up top. So with that, I believe anytime that you can find a marketable skill that you can find an audience to either teach that to or to use that to help them advance where they are. And that's one of the big reasons why, like I said, I don't have a real job. I really don't. I hang out in the gym all day. I have, you know, 50 plus clients that I talk to or train on a weekly basis. And I absolutely love it. Every time I meet new people or my wife invites me to her coworkers get togethers, I tell them that, you know, I'm retired. I just hang out at the gym all day long. So whenever I want to go downstairs and do some aggressive cuddling, I go downstairs, and do some aggressive cuddling. Well, um, mostly it's been my experience when I come here to watch Daniel work, he just counts to 10, 10 or 12, <laughs> one, two, three, come on, get going Four, five. <laughs> and that's a big disconnect too. Um, I've actually like I've had the opportunity to work with and like kind of talk to a lot of various personal trainers just because of the business that I'm in. And you would be surprised at how many personal trainers will literally in a conversation say, Oh, I'm not a fucking rep counter. Like I'm a trainer. I'm like, well, cool story, bro. I'm whatever my clients need me to do. <laughs> so whenever I say, you know, all right, we're doing a heavy set of twelve. And I'm going to use the infliction in my voice to kind of hype them up. You know, I'm not like one, two, three. No, I'm like, eight. Hey, come on. You got this nine, 10. Come on. Keep going. So like 
yeah, I'm not a rep counter. I'm whatever my clients want me to be. If they don't want to think about it, if you're doing a heavy set of six, you're not concentrating on what number was that. You're yeah. thinking, oh, get this weight off of me. Well, you shouldn't be thinking about the number anyway. Yeah. What very little I work out, very little because I always hurt myself. Uh, <laughs> like what little I work out, I, I have this internal struggle between like thinking about the number of reps versus like, like, like say I'm, I'm going heavy and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to get at least eight in. Like at four, I'm like, I don't know, I have this internal disagreement. I'm like, man, this is heavy. You should quit. Yep. But then I also use that as like, no, don't be a pussy. Like get this weight up. So yep. like it can be either way, really. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It can go both ways. Oh, no, you can 100%. Be, yeah. And I mean, let's be honest, the number of reps is really just ambiguous. Like there's nothing to that. But the big thing about it is I won't, I know what weight they can move and I have a general idea of how many reps they can get. Right. So when I say a heavy set of eight, like we're not stopping at four. Right. I know you've got right, at least right, seven right. in you. You've probably got 10 in you, Yeah. but we're going to shoot for eight. Yeah. And that takes like that entire internal struggle you have. When somebody tells you eight, you're like, oh, okay, it's eight. You know, yeah. if you're doing it yourself, yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah six you're is like, enough. Oh, that was good enough. You know, yeah. I don't have a spotter, you know, that's, I don't want to hurt myself, you know, whatever. Like, yep. and so that, I, I absolutely understand that struggle. I'm, you know, in a similar fashion uh, in jujitsu. Well, let, let's back up. Uh, I'm the head instructor at Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu. I am not a personal trainer in any way. And I, I hope, I shouldn't say I hope to never be, but that's certainly not my forte. <laughs> um, but so I, I coach athletes as well, just in a different way. And so I have some athletes that, require what I would consider a very heavy hand. Like mm-hmm. uh, we'll use Kyle Eichert as an example. When he's training, example. Uh, he needs me to be a first class asshole. Like I have to yell at him. I have to run him into the ground. He needs that. It's like he requires that. Mm-hmm. If if we are outside of a training camp or something, he would tell you like, hey coach, like I, you know, I need to be treated that way. But then in camp, he'll resist that. But he knows that, like, we, we got to get, we got to do it this way. Yeah. But then I have other athletes that if I raise my voice to, they, like, they shrivel and fall apart because they're like, oh, coach is mad, you know. So it's not like yeah. I have to take, like, a, a, a personalized approach when I'm helping someone with a very specific goal. Now, anyone would tell you, like, I'm not a, I'm not a tyrant. Like, I, I would rather not have to treat people like, like I do Kyle. But he requires that, and we've talked about it and yeah. agreed upon it, like, outside of, mm-hmm. like, a stressful environment. So we, you know, it's not like I just, I mean, there are coaches who are just assholes, and that's not me. I'm, like, the opposite. I, I like, like, if I'm coaching a match, I'm like, hey, I need an underhook on the right-hand side, please. <laughs> yeah, like, those instructions, man, that goes a long way. But it goes right back to it. So, like, every time you coach me, the one thing that um, you always bragged on me about, like, I am not a superior grappler. I am a terrible competitor just because of my anxiety. But anytime I'm on the mat competing, like, I literally go on autopilot. You watch the videos, Bever says something, I do it. You say it. I do it. Like yeah. it just helps me turn my brain off to where I'm not thinking, I'm just reacting. I hear you say something. Okay, I need to do that. That's probably important right now. You know, you know, it's funny. So I've had I have I've had the pleasure of working with several athletes, probably 
you know, five or six that were, it, it was, it's like sitting on the sidelines and playing a video game. It's like, I don't, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, whatever I ask for is what I get. And it's truly a pleasure. And, you know, we win some, we lose some. We, we certainly win more than we lose. Um, so it's uh, really a pleasure. I don't take any, I'm not, I don't take any of the credit, but what I am is like real pleased that our strategy and our uh, ability to communicate was uh, like a factor of like helping us be successful. Yeah. <clears throat> so for me, it's not like, you know, I mean, we've got one team trophy, you know, we don't compete every weekend. You know, I, I don't really put a lot of stock in, uh, we don't only focus on competition. But when we do compete, we generally do pretty well. You know, it's yeah. not it's not our only goal, but we prepare for it properly and and usually have a good a good way to communicate. Um, yeah. So so I'm pretty proud of that. It's been it's been kind of cool watching it grow from the outside in that way. Yeah, it is. And like you said, like I don't put a lot of stock in competition either, but like I put a lot more stock in just the atmosphere overall. You know what I mean? So, like, I've been to a couple of jiu-jitsu gyms, and they were heavy competitors. You know, they won a lot. But whenever you're in there, it's basically like you have competitors, and then you have the people that the competitors chew on. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've been there. Yeah. You've got the sharks. I've been the one chewed on. <laughs> yeah. If you, you got the sharks, and you got the chum. And yeah. that was basically the full extent of it. But with us, we don't really cater a lot to MMA fighters. You know, we've got Kyle. Um We've, we've got a couple more that are planning to fight, but it's our yeah. goal is we are not like, you know, uh, we're not out actively looking for MMA fighters to yes. recruit to our gym. If they yeah. show up, cool, we'll gladly help them. But but it's not our it's not our goal. Yeah, mostly because we don't need a bunch of meatheads running off all the people that actually pay you to do jujitsu. Yeah, this is true. You know, like how many how many cows from four years ago do you want? in one room that that drive off the the rickies and the and the jeffs you know what i mean i think that's one thing about it too like you're not like we talked about before you know like the jujitsu culture isn't heavy in hickory north carolina so we pay the bills on like just the average joes that want to do jujitsu and when i say average joes i don't mean people that are just average at jujitsu we've got some great grapplers no matter their weight class no matter their age but it's going to be your everyday guys that are paying every month that sure. are coming to normal classes. If you've got, you know, 20 average day people that have desk jobs and then you've got five MMA fighters, chances are those 20 are going to start getting hurt by those MMA fighters who are kicking the intensity up. And the average nine to five person is like, nah, that's that's a little too much for me. No, you're exactly right. And that's sort of the challenge is always keeping this balance of of realness and um, uh, I don't know. I don't think I don't have the right word for it, but this, this the ability to keep it challenging and, and uh, real. Yeah, versus, just keeping a good balance. Yeah. yeah. But then, but then there, I mean, there are, there, there just are freaks that come in and, and could, could most certainly run off like all the kind of, Average Joe's, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. So that, that's if you're going to have like an MMA gym, we'll, we'll use Jimmo's as an example. I, I'm not saying um, 
anything negative about anybody that trains there. Uh, several of my friends train there. My uh, striking coach, Ricky Rainey, is a uh, uh, student and teacher there. But their gym is geared towards MMA fighters. I mean, they have uh, two or three like U current UFC roster fighters there, a couple of Bellator people, a couple of people that fight in uh, kickboxing, glory, some other stuff. And then like a lot of the local MMA guys too, guys and girls, excuse me. Um, but that being said, like that's that's what they focus on. And I'm, I mean, anybody that comes to me and says, who's the best MMA gym in the area? I'm like, oh, demos, like right. right away. You know, that's, that's if, if your goal was to be in UFC, then go there. Yeah. Like we're we're not the place for that. But on the other side, like if you want uh, to learn some good, some quality grappling grappling skills and some, you know, pretty good striking skills, and you want to, you know, get a blue belt, maybe compete some. Like this is a fantastic place to train. Yeah. But if you if you're on the hunt for a UFC title, like this ain't the place. No. <laughs> I, I'm not your guy. You're not their guy, Daniel. No, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, I have zero aspirations of being that. I enjoy yeah. what I do. I enjoy jujitsu. I still enjoy doing striking here and there, but it's just not one of the big things I want to focus on. Um, but yeah, and now we've like we've had a couple visitors from Gemos, and they do a great job over there. But they've also done an excellent job at marketing themselves to their skills. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think I don't know too much about the culture and stuff at Gemos. I've never personally been there, but to me, it seems like they house more fighters like they have a higher stable of fighters oh, yeah. than they do just the average joes looking to get a workout in looking to learn some technique and stuff i may be completely wrong about that like i said i don't know but i know that you know whenever they share on facebook posts or whenever uh, our buddy kevin goes down there and trains like you look at his training pictures and you're like oh okay this this is a competition class yeah you know? well i mean you know the list you just think about the list of people that that train there. You yeah. know, like Ricky trains there, Ricky Rainey. Yeah. You know, former Bellator, former UFC, welterweight. Uh, He's got a kickboxing match coming up, don't he? Yeah, very soon. I'd have to look. Okay. But, uh, it, you know, shout out to Ricky. I uh, hope you do well. Kick your butt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you know, uh, what was it, Justine? Was it? I don't know. There was a uh, a female. Uh, I want to say it was Justine. I cannot remember her name, but anyway, she she fought in the UFC. She trained there for a while. Uh, Impa trains there. Um, do you remember Impa from from the station? Yeah, a football player, LR. Yeah, yeah. Know, So yeah. he's training there now. He's oh, okay. he's about to get on. Uh, I think he's already been on uh, whatever that show is with Dana White, where uh, Contender Series. Contender, yeah. Okay. And they're, I, I believe he's on the cusp of being in the UFC if he's not already, oh, wow. which is crazy. I mean, let's think about how, how cool this sport is. Um, you know, Impa, Impa is a fantastic example. So um, I, several years ago, I, I met this guy named Impa. He was the, what do you call it? Uh, I have no idea. The host at uh, my favorite restaurant, the Old Hickory Station, and became, uh, he, Super nice guy. We always talked. He's just one of the nicest guys you've ever met. Uh, through, through talking with him, come to find out he played football at LR, um, Lenore Run University. Uh, started kind of talking to me about wanting to train. He ended up training at a competitor's gym, but like, I mean, 
I don't care where you train, just go train. You know, like, good for you. Like, just get started someplace. I would, of course, I would prefer it be here. But, you know, if uh, if that don't work out, then, then just go train. Then uh, kind of moved around a little bit. Started doing some MMA fights for Fight Lab. Fought in a couple other. Uh, matter of fact, I went to see him fight. I think it was the 185 amateur title. I think he lost. I don't remember to who, but um, I like specifically went just to see him fight. I was like, wow, that guy used to be my, you know, my server at uh, the station. Now look at him. And and now several years after that, you know, I see uh, pictures of him on the, on the, you know, like a screenshot from him being on TV fighting. Yeah. I mean, what a crazy sport, you know, That's like wild, man. that I, I like, uh, I'll, I'll never forget. This is actually pretty a pretty good story. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to tell it like I'm not talking to you, Daniel. I'm talking to the uh, to the listeners. But yeah. so Daniel, after training one day, Daniel and I went to uh, the old Hickory Station to, which you'll hear me reference that a lot. It's basically the only place I eat, and I eat there twice a day. You basically live there. I basically live there. Yeah. Um, so we went there, and we were we were just talking, and I got a I got a text from uh, from Ricky. Ricky Rainey, and uh, at that time he was a current UFC welterweight, and uh, we were we were working on getting a, a striking seminar set up here at Phoenix, and um, Dan was like, "Who who is that?" And I was like, "Oh, that's that's Ricky Rainey." He's like, "No shit, that's really cool, you know." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool that, you know, like I I know somebody personally in the UFC," mm-hmm. and then um, and then a few minutes later I got a phone call and I and I said, "Hey man, I got to answer this," and it was. Uh, it was my buddy Silver Fox, who's a third or fourth degree black belt under Master Henzo, trains at uh, TriStar with Barraza Hobby Stone. He's a, a world class coach and competitor, basically one of my biggest heroes in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, and most of my students also. Um, and Daniel was like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "Oh, that was, that was Silver Fox." And he was like, "Man, it's crazy that like you you know people that are." almost famous well not just that you know them but like they just takes you out of the blue yeah well, like just out of blue, but, you know we have a <laughs> yeah. reason to talk but i mean it is cool that like i mean silver fox is my friend every oh, single yeah. monday when i was in new york yeah. we went to haymakers and had a beer afterwards oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and like, like when he came down for seminar you know like we're just yeah. hanging out watching abcc with him and that was just an amazing experience yeah. you know you I, sometimes you forget that like you know People like famous people, or or almost famous, or however you want to famous put it. within the niche. Yeah, yeah. They're just people too. They're just they're just normal. They're like us. Yeah. They're like us, but better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like <laughs> we talked about this before, but Silver Fox is the exact same way. Like he's the average Joe, but oh, I don't want to say he's the average Joe. He sees himself as just a normal guy. Yeah. But whenever we're like sitting in a hotel room getting ready to go out to eat. And he's watching ADCC with, you know, five competitors that he trains with on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah that's sure. pretty wild, man. And well, the videos that he uh, did with Brasahari, and now he's doing the Roll with the Fox series. Sure. You just like, you know, I'm a purple belt, and some of the rabbit holes he goes down, I'm like, oh my god, I I had no idea yeah. this rabbit hole went that deep. Well, it probably goes way deeper than that. He just yeah. doesn't have the time to to get into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I think it's a, a very interesting world that we live in where we can, uh, we can literally rub elbows with, with kind of the upper echelon and the best yeah. 
best people in the business. Yeah. Uh, I, to quote my, my good friend Silver Fox, he said uh, he, he told this story one day about um, his, what was it, his brother. Yeah. So he, he and his brother were at some restaurant and someone recognized him. Someone recognized the Silver Fox and they were like, oh my God, can I get a picture with you and all this stuff? And his brother's looking at him like he's crazy. He's like, what, what is going on here? And so after the guy takes the picture, Silver Fox says, and this is one of my favorite quotes. He, he, he said, told me this story many times. He said, uh, in the world, in the very obscure world of grappling, I am a minor celebrity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. It is, but like if you look at the way, so you look at any other professional sport, and you know, like jujitsu kind of just became a professional sport for sure. the past 10, 12 years. But so we go up to New York, we pay 20 bucks. We get to train with the Donner Death Club, you know? We get well, instruction from Donaher. We get to train with the Ryans. We get to train with Gary Tone and all those guys. You cannot go pay twenty bucks to train with LeBron James. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you're not paying twenty bucks to play with the Denver yeah. Broncos. You're not going to go get, <laughs> go get a, a pickup game with uh, you know, Shaq and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, let me jump yeah. in here. <laughs> yeah, but like the first time I went to New York, like I just like I stood up on the mats, dude. I have literally seen like a dozen of these guys grapple on television. Yeah. And they're right there. Walk up. Hey, man, want to get a roll in? Yeah. I didn't do that, obviously, because like, I just, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but like I talked to Jake Shields in the locker room. Yeah. You know, like, me and him stood there and had a 10 minute conversation while I was waiting on the showers. And inside, my little fanboy's going <laughs> off. Like, it's Jake Shields. It's Jake Shields. <laughs> it's pretty surreal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. So for, uh, for the listeners, um, we, uh, my instructor is a black belt under Master Enzo Gracie, and uh, basically one of the, not one of, in my opinion, the the best uh, team in the world. If you are interested in no gi submission only grappling, is the Enzo Gracie Academy in New York City, and uh, not only is it headed by Master Enzo Gracie, who is one of the coolest most awesome human beings I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Yes, on and off the map. It's also populated by literally the the who's who and the world's best no-gi competitors. Like, this is undisputed. It's not my opinion. It's like, they, they I think last year at ADCC, they, they were awarded the title of having the, the winningest team of all time. Yeah. So like that's a pretty big deal. I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, but that's that was the way I understood that to go. At any rate, uh, you can go like like Daniel said, you can you can pay 20 bucks and get a a class from the the same guy that teaches the world's best with the world's best on the mat with you. You can you I have I have rolled with Nicky Ryan. He strangled the crap out of me like many times. You know, the, fir the first year we went there, um, uh, Eddie Eddie Cummins, he'll hook me like 16 times in five minutes. I was a blue belt then. That number changes everything. Too. What, what, what's the rule? 17. Okay, 17. <laughs> oh, what, I'll take 17. That's fine. And then the following year, I went back, and I think he only he'll hook me like six times. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still got smoked, you know, but like Aggression. I got smoked by like one of the world's best grapplers. And then like. I didn't get smoked as bad as I did the year before. I consider that a win for some nobody from Hickory, North Carolina, some old broke up nobody from Hickory, North Carolina. 
you know, I'm happy with that. Good for me. Yeah. And speaking of which, like, I don't do this often, but I do kind of want to come to the uh, defense of one of the celebrity jujitsu practitioners. There was a video going around Facebook of Ashton Kutcher rolling with Craig Jones. And, like, people gave him a lot of crap. Ashton Kutcher's like a brown belt. I think he's a legit brown belt. I don't know if it was part of the celebrity program or not. But they're like, oh, well, Craig Jones just toying with him. Well, yeah, it's Craig Jones. He toys with high-level competitive black belts in the same manner. So, like I said, like, I'm not coming to his – I don't know Ashton. I have zero interest in meeting nor rolling with Ashton. But, like, you got to look at what the video is. You know, of course Craig Jones is playing with him. What is he going to do, just go in there and smoke a brown belt? And then smoke him again and smoke him. Like, he was rolling with the guy. They were getting around him. Well, let's let's be honest. There's levels to this shit. Yes. Like, there's levels inside of the belt levels. So that's what I'm saying, right? So, like, I'm a brown belt. I've been a brown belt for a little over two, almost two and a half years now. Yeah. Um, I've I've competed, you know, uh, I don't know, four or five times at brown belt with, I mean, better than average results. I've, I've won some stuff. Uh, that being said, man, I'm I'm on the I'm on the bottom level in comparison to like world champion brown belts at, at any age bracket. Like I got no no illusions. I mean, like let's think about it. Johnny Buck is a brown belt too. Yeah, good luck. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, good yeah, luck. pass. And it's not. I mean, I'll grapple with Johnny, but I'm saying we we, we all know we have a pretty good indication of how it's going to turn out. You know what I mean? It's not like. Uh, and, and and let's be honest, Johnny's not uh, he's not like ADCC highest level ever. He's just higher level than me. Yeah. I mean, you know, pick pick anybody. Like when Gordon Ryan was a brown belt, I mean, are me and him on the same level? No, of course not. You know, I I don't know how to. There are levels to this. So like, you can be able there as Joe Rogan says, there are black belts, and then there are black belts. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. look at Nikki. That's yeah. why purple belt. Well, just because the age restriction, yeah. he's tapped out. What a I mean, dozen or so high level black belt who have had the black belt longer than he's been alive. Yeah. And like he's just caught them left and right. Yeah. Know? I mean, it's amazing. So that's a huge disparity there. He shows up at the local Naga. Like, yeah, you might as well go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for real. If 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 Craig Jones, uh. It, most of those people talking trash about Ashton Kutcher. Now, listen, I don't know nothing about Ashton Kutcher. I, judging by that, um, by that video, I think I would, uh, I think I would do okay against Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I think so. But that oh, being no, said, I wouldn't mind. Oh yeah, I, I would. I would try. Yeah. And uh, but like, I would also say that, um, you know, Craig Jones is like the number one or two. Well, he's the number two or three. You know, heavyweight no deep grappler on the planet Earth right now. Yeah. So I don't care if I got he might he could not even have a belt. That dude could never have trained a single day in the gi. Mm-hmm. That dude is on another level than the rest of the world. Yes, one hundred percent. So like those people talking trash about Ashton Kutcher, that's all fine and well. But those people would get if if Craig Jones chose to make them look like a child, he would. Yes. Like they, they wouldn't even be. Uh, yeah, up for debate. Now, like you can put whatever rules and restrictions you wanted to on him, and you still would not have a snowball chance of hell against that. Yeah. No. Um. So, I mean, to 
to judge Ashton Kutcher based on how good he does against uh, Craig Jones is like laughable at best. Yeah. You know, like now if you want to if you want to judge him, let him enter the local Naga. Judge him like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. But on the other side, like if you wanna, uh, you wanna talk trash, like, okay, how good an actor are you? Yeah, no joke. You know, like yeah. Craig Jones' job is to grapple. I, I'm gonna bet. I guarantee you, if there was an act off, if the two of them had to act, I bet. I bet Ashton Kutcher would make Craig Jones look like Craig Jones made Ashton Kutcher look. There you go. Ah, you see what I just did? Uh-huh. There? I like it. I wasn't sure I was going to yeah. get that like out verbally. I'm properly. Saying, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, basically, those people can piss off. Yes, one hundred percent. And that goes too with the entire celebrity. Um, I guess called celebrity program or celebrity curriculum that has been like a lot of talk on the jujitsu sphere. Nobody else outside jujitsu cares about this, by the way. So keep that in mind. But I completely understand that. You know, celebrities kind of make a living off of their face. You know, Ashton Kutcher can't go and do an episode of The Ranch if he's got a huge black eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> or if he's limping. He's I don't, not know, I don't know what The Ranch is, but yeah. Oh, I dude, get it. it's on Netflix. Check it out. Okay. It is awesome. Sam Elliott, um, Ashton Kutcher, a couple other excellent actors. It's just a great show. But anyways, like, I understand the need for that. And keep in mind, these guys aren't competing. You know, I don't care what's your face, just got her blue belt. And, like, that's awesome. I mean, that gives jujitsu an outlet. That makes talk show hosts like Jimmy Kimball talk about jujitsu. Has yeah. people hopping on Google, oh, jujitsu gym's near me. I need to check this out. Sure. Getting celebrities in jujitsu is not a bad thing. Like, you can talk crap about the legitimacy of their belt, whatever. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. There are some super legit actors out there that are black belts, like Ed O'Neill. Al Bundy, yeah, yeah. He's, been he's a black belt way before the celebrity program came up. Sure. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. He runs his own jiu-jitsu gym. The older of the two Boondock Saints brothers. I've never seen it. Seriously? Oh, we, we dude, can, what is On the next movie? podcast, we can talk shit about uh, terrible movies that you like that I've never seen. Terrible. <laughs> Anyways, he's been a lot of things. Like, if you saw pictures of him, you'd know who Okay. Is. But he is a legit black belt, even instructs at his own school. You know, he uh, when they were training or when they were filming Boondock Saints 2, it was shot in New York. And he actually went to Henzo Academy on like his lunch breaks and stuff just to get some extra roles and things like that to keep up with his practice. Cool. But um, anyway, enough to talk about celebrity. Like, he just brought up something that made me think about that. Well, I agree. I agree that uh, it's not it's not for me to judge, uh, who, you know, if Ashton Kutcher is a, a legit brown belt. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe yeah. not. Uh, I, I, TC told me one time, uh, I, I, I struggle with this often because I, sometimes I get involved in like, you know, oh, who who should be promoted and who shouldn't be promoted. and Yeah, I mean, I, I get wound up in that stuff as much as anybody. I mean, I think we all probably do at one point or another. Um, I try to stay out of it, but sometimes I. I look at something, I'm like, well, that bro's been, that dude's been a, a brown belt for like six years. Like, yeah. could, could, could we move him along, you know? But um, that being said, TC told me, and I believe this to be a, a very accurate statement. He said, in jiu-jitsu, the only choice you get to make is who your instructor is. After that, every, every promotional decision from that moment forward is up to your instructor. Yeah. And Man, sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow. It is. But it is still 
the truth. Like I'm not Ashton Kutcher's instructor. So, you know, if, if John Jock Machado says that dude's a brown belt, he's probably a brown belt. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, who am I? Or, you know, now I think I could, I think I could get him, but I'll never find, I'll never get a chance to find out. It's so, okay. You know, like a lot of people job. wrestled in high school. This is true. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I mean, he may be a good role. I, I mean, he might there. be. I'd take him up on it. Yeah, I'd like to find out. Yeah. But so on the other side of that, too, one of the big things is just like, I don't know why this was like the one thing that pissed me off the most about jujitsu. Um, but it was the other side of things. So it was the people who have been training for two years and they're looking at their brown belt. You know, yeah. like getting purple belt, which is probably going to be a story for another time. That's going to be a very, very long story. Well, we got plenty of material. Oh, uh, yeah. This is 100% true being in Hickory, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's probably a good stopping point here. Try to keep it, you know, around 45 minutes to an hour. And, Plus, we've uh, got uh, open mat in about 10 minutes. So, I'm yeah. trying to go. I'm trying to go hug some people's legs. I hear you there. I completely understand. I'm about to go home. I was going to say, what are you going to do today, Daniel? Oh, I'm going home. Nothing. We got stuff to do. Unfortunately, with baby shower coming yeah. up, we got like stuff to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, well, and you, you know me, I dodge open that all the time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I go Unless there's some problem got to be done. Yeah. Hey, I was just helping somebody out. I know. You got to help out the other martial artists too. Anytime somebody needs help, I'm going to help. That's true. You're a very helpful, helpful gentleman, Daniel. I, I try to be. I try to be. Yep. All right. Well, uh, Awesome, man. I'm glad we finally got together and decided to do this. I think it's going to be fun. If nothing else, it's going to be fun for us. Yeah. So, so uh, it's kind of like the big ass jujitsu party, which uh, I don't think we'll have. Yeah, this won't air before we before the party. Probably not. February eighth, just in case. Yeah. Uh, check it out on Facebook. Big ass jujitsu party. Yes. If nothing else, check it out after the fact because we'll have a ton of pictures, ton yeah. of videos. It, it's, it's the second great. annual. It's a really good time. But anyway, uh, we're giving all the the proceeds to a charity, which is a fantastic um, uh, jiu-jitsu program in Charlotte, North Carolina. But the point isn't so much to raise money. The point is for to have a great time. Just so happens that a side effect of having a great time is that we that we raise money for a good cause. So yes. that's the way I feel about this podcast. Like, I have fun talking to you, so I don't yeah. care about the rest of them. Yeah. Speaking of that, like I'm very excited to get Jam on here. Yeah, he's a very interesting dude, and it's gonna be great to have him on the podcast if he'll accept. Uh, how, and how much fun will it be for uh, me and him for me to like dab at him a whole bunch about uh, religion and all the other stuff? Uh, I don't, <laughs> don't want to run the guest off. No, no, that's I mean, the y'all, point. Yeah, y'all yeah. Are friends about that. He, I, don't, I think he'll be fine with it. And honestly, I think he's gonna get into a debate. He'll be clear over your head. Well, like, sure. He's, but, he's, Extremely knowledgeable when it comes to that subject. Of course he is. He went to college for that. <laughs> anyway, that's for another time. Excellent. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, I wish I could come back in next week. But, yeah, like I said, it's probably going to be a couple weeks before we get this. We're going to try to get a couple in the bucket and then throw it out to y'all. But, uh, anyways, thank you for listening. Um, hope to be back on the air soon. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.